We're in Matthew chapter seven today. If you've got your Bibles with you, I encourage you to pull them out. We are going to take a good look at uh, the passage that is prescribed for us as we wind down the Sermon on the Mount. Next week will be our last message on the Sermon on the Mount, and then we move into Advent as we seek the Christ child in the season of Advent. Matthew 7, we're gonna start at verse 13 today, and we're gonna go all the way through verse 23, 10 verses. I'm gonna start by reading those for us. Enter through the narrow gate, for wide is the gate, and broad is the road that leads to destruction, and many enter through it. But small is the gate, Narrow is the road that leads to life, and only few find it. Watch out for false prophets. They come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly they're ferocious wolves. By their fruit, you'll recognize them. Do people pick grapes from thorn bushes or figs from thistles? Likewise, every good tree bears good fruit, and a bad tree bears bad fruit. A good tree cannot bear bad fruit, and a bad tree cannot bear good fruit. Every tree that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. Thus, by their fruit, you will recognize them. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but only the one who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. Many will say to me on that day, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name? And in your name drive out demons, and in your name perform many miracles. And then I will say to them plainly, I never knew you. Away from me, you evildoers. People of God, this is the word of God. One of the things that as the teaching team has been working on the Sermon of the Mount over the the last couple of months that has struck me probably more than any time in my entire life is that the Sermon on the Mount It really is, Jesus crafted it as a whole. And I've even been convicted about how many times over the years that I have been teaching and preaching have I gone to a small section of the the Sermon on the Mount to preach on it or to unpack it, ignoring the larger context of where it fits in the Sermon on the Mount. That's not necessarily always a bad thing, but what I'm realizing is that the fullness of what Jesus is saying really comes in the context of the whole. So real quick, I wanna make sure that we remember the context as we get into today's passage. Jesus starts the Sermon on the Mount with these beatitudes, the ninefold path of following Jesus where we learn the way of trust and the way of humility, the way of compassion. And everything else, in the auditorium family, we talked about that being the preamble. It kind of says, this is what my message is. And now the rest of the Sermon on the Mount unpacks what those mean. What does it mean to walk in the footsteps of Jesus? What does it mean to be a disciple? So we have to look at what he's saying here in the passage today in terms of what is Jesus saying to us. Now one of the other things that I've been fascinated about as I study this is that Jesus keeps teaching, he keeps focusing in on what each one of us, how each one of us is supposed to live as a disciple of Christ. 
So the focus as I read this is not the context of me looking at others. I read and I listen in the context of what does this mean for me? And that's important, especially in today's passage. So we go back to the beginning of chapter seven last week. Jesus clearly said, don't judge others. I am taking judgment off the job description. Every time I, every time I stand in judgment of somebody else, I am being hypocritical. Because what? That's why he went on to say, every time I am looking at a speck of dirt in somebody else's life, there is a big old plank in between me and that person that stands in the way and makes me a hypocrite. Judgment Day, the one that Jesus even references in today's passage, Judgment Day happens in Revelation chapter 20. Talks about a great white throne, and guess who sits on it? Jesus, and he's the, the only one. And on that day, the books will be open, and those whose names are in the book of life go on to eternity, and those whose names are not in the book of life go on to destruction. That's the Judgment Day. But you and I, are not to judge. We are to leave it for that day. We say, the way I put it with the auditorium family last week is, the judgment seat of Christ is a big old throne, and my butt ain't that big. Back in college, they called me the buttless wonder. Believe me, believe it or not. Yes, I, that is not a seat that I can sit on. And I think about that when I find myself trying to judge other people. So we have to look at, I want to look at today's passages in the terms of the fact that this is not about judging other people. In fact, Jesus is pointing me back to, he, then he goes on to say, ask, seek, knock. Don't judge other people. I want you to keep asking. I want you to keep following after me. I want you to keep seeking after the kingdom. I want you to keep knocking on the Father's door saying, I want to know more. I want more of you, God. I want more of the kingdom. I want more of you. Your focus is to be on the kingdom, Tom, not on what other people are doing or saying. You stay focused on me. And now, as he's beginning to wrap up, he says, all right, look at it this way. You really, Tom, you have two, two paths that you can go in this life. And the contrast is one of these paths leads to life, and one of these paths leads to destruction. And really, the Greek word there is all about ruin. It really is about the ruinous life. And what is the road that leads to life, well, it's increasing measure of love and joy and peace and patience and kindness and goodness and gentleness and faithfulness and self-control. That's what's at the end of this narrow way. And the way that leads to ruin and destruction is a wide path, and a lot of people are on it. But my way, remember back to what I started, the ninefold path, the way of Christ, the way of being my disciple is narrow. And guess what? There aren't a lot of people that follow it. So as I step back and I think about that, I think about the fact that 
I, there's, number one, there's no middle road. Once again, he is begging me to ask myself, which path am I on and how do I know? Is my life showing a measure more and more and more of more life in God's context? Or is my life leading to places of difficulty, hardship, conflict, problems. And, and depending on where my life is going, maybe I need to think about which path that I'm on. So now that he's asked me, Tom, think about this. Wanted you to figure out what path you're on. Next, he says, I want you to watch out for false prophets. And I want to spend some time on this particular text because in my years of being a follower of Jesus, in my years of being a disciple, I have had so many people, teachers, preachers, and people that I've, I've known and talked to who love to take this out of context. By their fruit, you'll know them. A good tree doesn't produce bad fruit, and a bad tree doesn't produce good fruit. So you'll recognize people by the fruit. And people love to say, well, I'm not supposed to judge, but I am supposed to be a fruit inspector. <laughs> and they use this as a justification to go back and do the very thing that Jesus just said we're not supposed to do. We use our job as a fruit inspector to decide the kind of fruit in somebody else's life. And if that fruit isn't up to snuff, well then guess what? They're gonna be cut off and thrown into the fire and destroyed. And now I'm putting myself back in the place of Jesus and deciding that it's my job to judge and condemn. So keep in mind that when Jesus said, by the fruit you will know them, he is speaking specifically about false prophets, about teachers, about voices that we hear, about the people who stand up and proclaim what they say is truth. And that's what we're supposed to look at. Do you know that you have access to more voices, to more information, to more data than any human being in the history of humanity. Because of technology, because of the internet, we have access to so many voices. In fact, it's fascinating to me that what's happened with podcasting over the last several years. I mean, even in my family, well, everyone's always got their AirPods in or their headphones on, and everybody's listening to voices. And it's amazing how many people are listening to less music and they're actually listening to more voices. So the question is, what are those voices saying? Am I listening to the right voices? Are the voices that I'm listening to leading me to places of increasing love and joy and peace and patience and kindness and goodness, gentleness and 
self-control? Or are the voices leading me to places of fear and anxiety and judgment and condemnation? Where's the fruit? And the voices that I'm listening to as well. I found it funny that our daughter recently watched a, a movie that was made about Tammy Faye Baker. And I kind of laughed because, you know, she wasn't around when Jim and Tammy had their big, big to-do back. I was in college at the time. But one of the questions that, was about, that I asked myself back then is, well, what, what is the fruit? Is this televangelist who keeps begging me for donations, what's the fruit? Should I be concerned that this person who proclaims Jesus Christ is begging constant donations from poor widows who can't afford it while they live in a mansion and fly around the world on their private jet? Is that the gospel? Is that the kingdom of God? Now, here's the question. But what do I do with that? What do I do with that? Because if I go to the passage, notice that Jesus didn't say, every tree that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire, so you, you condemn those people. You write letters of protest. You get online and you tell those false prophets how terrible they are and you tell them how awful they are and you make a big public spectacle of your judgment and condemnation of them. Jesus doesn't say that. In fact, he just told me not to judge even those false prophets. So what am I supposed to do? Turn them off. Stop listening. Walk away. When Jesus was in his ministry, they came to this town, and the town people said, we don't, Jesus, we don't want you. No, we don't want you in our town. We don't want you teaching here. We don't want you preaching here. Just go away. And James and John said to Jesus, Master, should we just call down fire from heaven and burn them all up? Isn't that what we do? When people reject us or we feel like people have done the wrong thing? Oh, this, this TV televangelist is an awful person. Let's call to God, bring down your fire and burn them up and ruin their ministry. No, Jesus, what he said was, no, guys, what we're gonna do is we're gonna walk away and we're gonna go to a different town. Because the judgment on that town is that they don't get to hear the words of life. The judgment on that town is that they don't get to feel the power of the Holy Spirit and the power of God working miracles in their life. Their judgment is that in their unwillingness, they are condemning themselves. But as for James, John, as for us, we're just gonna turn the other direction and we're going to a different town. And I think there's something in that that Jesus is exemplifying exactly what he's saying here. He goes on. 
So we've got false prophets. Now he's gonna talk about the true disciple and the false disciples. There's gonna be a lot of people, he says, that say, hey, Lord, Lord, but they don't know me. And he is unpacking here what he will talk about in the parable of the sheep and the goats in Matthew chapter 25. Where he, on judgment day, that great white throne in Revelation chapter 20, you can read it there, that's where he separates people. Names in the book of life, names are not in the book of life. And there are gonna be a lot of people whose names are not in the book of life say, well, but wait a minute, I went to church, I carried my Bible, I, I did all these good things. I did all these religious things. I took communion. I was a member. And Jesus will say, but yeah. But did you take care of those who were sick? Did you, did you go and meet those who were in prison? Did you visit the sick and the lame? Did you take care of the poor and make sure that they had food to eat and clothes on their back? Well, that's what Jesus said. That's what he was mad about with the religious people of his day. So, once again, he, Jesus is calling me back to myself. And I am being asked, am I saying, Lord, Lord? And then ignoring the very things that Jesus wants me to live and to speak and to think and to act. Am I showing up at third church? Got my membership. They even had me stand up. They all put their hands out, prayed for me. A blessing. I'm on my way. Am I focused on those things but when Jesus looks at my life, he won't see the fruit of his spirit. You see, you cannot separate the beatitudes from the fruits of the spirit because living the ninefold path of Jesus creates more love and joy and peace and patience and kindness and goodness and gentleness and self-control. So, what Jesus is begging me to do as he tells me not everyone who says, Lord, Lord, is going to enter the kingdom of heaven, what he is saying is, Tom, I want you to be a fruit inspector, but your fruit inspection is confined to the orchard of your life. Go ahead, inspect the fruit, but the only fruit I want you to expect is your life. Because this is between you and you. If you see somebody else that's got bad fruit in their orchard, not your job. Stop listening, walk away. I'll take care of judging them. But when it comes to your life, I want you to think about where it's going and what it's producing. 
because if it's not producing good fruit, then you're not walking the right path. I'm gonna ask the worship team to come on up. And uh, three action steps. This week, my action steps for you are this, and it's all about introspection. It's all about you and the Holy Spirit (laughs) thinking about where is my life going? Number one, am I focused on living, speaking, acting as a disciple of Jesus? Or is my life simply seeking after what is really popular, common, and what is the world tells me it should be? Number two, inspect the fruit of my own life. Go to Galatians chapter five, look at the acts of the flesh, look at the fruit of the spirit, and then think about my life and say, all right, what does my life really resemble? Not just the life that everybody else sees, but the life that I know all alone in the privacy of my, of my room. And then finally, consider the voices you're listening to. This week as you watch the news, as you put on your podcasts, as you listen to things online or peruse the headlines, what voices are you listening to and is it leading you to more love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, self-control? Or is it leading you to be angry and hate and mock and scoff, to be afraid and to be, have anxiety? And then maybe make a decision of which voices you should turn off. God, bless us this day and help us to be discerning about the voices we listen to. Help us, Lord, to be honest about the fruit of our life. And may we follow you, not in word, but in deed. In the name of Jesus, amen.